podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cubecast with myself, Christy, and Tom. Hi. And today we have Robin Link, Robin the coach. Thanks for coming on the Cubecast today. Hello, hello. Uh, Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited actually. Uh, When I first uh, found uh, Robin, um, I think he did uh, another podcast, Swapping Shoes. Hmm. I've been on Swapping Shoes and then also in the Parkour Coach Companion, which has been the first with Sam Kopak. But right. Swapping Shoes is where people kind of notice me for the first time, I feel. Yeah, that's a, that's a popular one. I like I like listening to those. <laughs> yeah, and then I, um, I checked you out on Instagram and I just agree with everything you got going on there. Um, <laughs> recovery how to uh, um, approach your vaults or to link up your different lines with so-and-so you know maybe you can do um, something different going left instead of right and it flows a little bit differently I just and everything's so encouraging by the end post you know so thanks again for coming on thank you (laughs) yeah pleasure what got you into posting um, advice like that? Um, COVID. COVID, <laughs> I yeah. Think, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. It, well, I don't know. I, I stumbled across that carousel format, and I actually heard of it through Sean Wood's All Good podcast, which apparently, I don't know, seized. Um, but it was on there, and I think I think he he talked about it and the potential it had. Um, I just looked at posts because with social media marketing or marketing in general, branding there's a huge. They're very common, and I thought that's a very cool format to actually, you know, tell a story or teach something. Somebody should do it for parkour, and then I went, well, maybe I should do it, could try, and then I kind of went for it. And people really liked it. And then I did the first three on my other Instagram, which is private, kind of. But people really liked it. And then I thought I might as well go big. And then I did 90 posts in a row. <laughs> um, wow. Which was a challenge. That's and a yeah, that's hard to do. to everybody <laughs> that remembers me posting daily, which was <laughs> loads of work. And then, yeah, still enjoy it. And I feel there's still things that, you know, could be said. Um, so whenever I come up with an idea, something that I want to share, or I think people could draw value from, I just kind of try to put it out there because it's always been for the community. Um, it's got me to interesting places, podcasts and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's mostly just a fun project. I do, uh, as much as I can, if I have free time, which is a rare occasion these days, yeah. but I <laughs> yeah. manage okay, I like to think. Well, I, I definitely think it's a very good resource. Like I know parkour coaching now is, is more available, but for anyone that doesn't have access to a more experienced practitioner, being able to see these definitely be a huge boost, right? Especially just remembering that sometimes, you know, it's okay to go back or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> lots of different advice on there. That's all really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
little freeze there. A little freeze. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, I guess we should maybe bring yeah. it back here a little bit. Wind back before getting into all the co- coaching stuff. Um, how did you get into parkour? Mm. What was your first exposure to it? I don't really remember. I think I must have seen it on TV or something. Uh, I don't. I don't really remember like my first exposure. Um, oh. I just remembered. I saw it. I fell in love with it, and I was like, it felt like all my life I've been waiting for this sport to come into my life. And I don't know. Like I wasn't a sporty kid at all. Um, yeah. But I was always like the one climbing the tree and stuff like that. And and then all of a sudden there was a sport and it was a thing and I was like oh my god I need to learn how to do it and then kind of just started jumping around no plan whatsoever um that turned out all right eventually but yeah <laughs> yeah must have been ages ago 13 14 years ago something like that oh nice and okay. when you count when I started training or when it got serious but I, I feel I've been aware of the sport existing for quite a long time. And then just yeah. kind of, I don't know, got into it and never really got out, apparently. Yeah, just, uh, it's funny how it becomes such a big part of uh, your life. Or at least the people <sighs> who who do like it, it's just a draw. It's kind of always there, <laughs> even yeah, if you dip out for a little bit. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Feel... No. I, I mean, I you know, disappeared for a year or two in between, but never, you... never really left. Couldn't. So thirteen, fourteen years ago, that's uh, that's fairly old school by parkour terms. Mm. Are you? Uh, I mm. guess what was your the inspirations out around then? I guess Jump London and Jump Britain were a little before that, but still early enough mm-hmm. where that would have been some of the only parkour content around. Oh, I remember, I remember early David Bell videos. There was like yeah. three of them, Speed Airman, and don't, don't remember the other two actually. And then Blaine was out there. So there was, you know, oh, yeah. lots of content coming from the UK. Uh, I still remember that. And there was like the Apex free run or some stuff like clickbaity video. Um, which I used to watch quite a lot. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, since since Germany is really good in terms of uh, community, I guess just with the proximity to England, um, we've had quite a big scene right from the start. Um, and because I grew up <clears throat> around Frankfurt, I actually got to meet with Jason Paul and the original Ashigaru crew. Cool. And they had workshops like weekly and stuff like that going on. So that was really cool for connecting with the people. And I feel that's what really held me in there is mm. eventually forming friendships and just getting introduced to a new lifestyle, um, which I really fell in love with. What keeps you training, Robin? Um, pure love. <laughs> um, no, I'd say... Mm, yeah, it's actually the love for mu- for movement that never left. And um, whenever I kind of slack with training, which you know happens every now and then, life happens every now and then. And um, 
there have been bigger breaks as well. Where, like there are even years, like only like one year periods of time, but there are those periods in my life where I remember I wouldn't really train and I still felt like part of the community. I would still follow what was going on, but I wasn't, you know, really out training. And then whenever I go back or would do a jump or two, I'm like, oh, why, why, why did I even leave? Like, this is what I love. This is the only thing I really want to do. And I don't know. Adult life never caught up hard enough to make me leave it. And I just can't see myself doing anything else. And it's just, I love progressing and I love, expressing myself through movement and just like going exploring. I love the people that are within the scene and just everything that Park has given me. I just can't really turn away from it. Mm. That's a lovely yeah. answer. Integrates just, it becomes a, becomes a priority. Okay. It really does. Mm. Once it hits that level of just being part of your life rather than a, been a hobby <laughs> you know it's like not just that thing where you're like oh, i gotta go do this i gotta go play this game or whatever it's just that's just how life is <laughs> yeah it's the parkour vision it's always on mm. so besides parkour in your you know, earlier childhood, were you into any other sports at all? I know you said you weren't really like a sporty kid, but you know, there's like kids, kids are always forced into things. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not actually. Hmm. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't fit. I thought I was a fat kid. I, I used to sit at home and play video games and I was, I, I really hmm. didn't like myself back then either. Really? Um, but I know once I saw parkour, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. But once I saw parkour, I was like, this is what I want to do. And I remember people making fun of me as well. Quite harsh, like brutally bullying me. And I went, huh. you know what? I, I don't know. For some reason, I was like, no, I'm going to stick with this. Like, I'm going to learn how to do this. And I did. Um, took some time. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it got me, got me out of being a pretty boring and meaningless kid. And cool. What, what I perceive or hope to be um, a you know, meaningful and interesting person that has experienced quite a few things. So I like to think anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that story. Wicked. Yeah, you never know when you're, something will come along, hey, when you're, especially when you're a kid, just change your life. Jeez, anytime parkour enters anyone's life, it seems to change. Hey, Robin, um, during your training, um, have you had like a major injury that's keeping you away from like, did you have a, like a shoulder, roll your ankle or nothing? You you get away with this with no injury? Mm, no, um, I've had, I've had knee problems for oh. a while. Um, my shoulders aren't in the best condition, but that was actually came from, I don't know, doing too many push-ups or some shit. So it's not really related to parkour. Wow. Directly. Um, as for my knees, they were pretty, pretty bad when I was 20 or 21. I remember going to the doctor and he told me, like, maybe you should just stop doing the sport. And I went, you claim to be an expert for health. 
and your advice is to stop moving. So I'll choose not to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> because I've got 60 years more to live. And I don't really see, I, I didn't, I was like, that doesn't seem reasonable. Yeah. It kept me from training for like a year. Um, but now everything seems fine. Like I, I'm Good. better than before. I don't know. Yeah. So no, no major injuries actually. So a bit of a disappointment. Rolled ankle here or there, but nothing that kept me from training for longer than I'd say two weeks. I wow. love that. Damn. I guess you're not. Um, like you probably lean a little more to the side of safety. In and how you approach your training. Like me, I, <laughs> I'm knock on wood here, have not had a serious injury either. <laughs> and I definitely do not take uh, yeah, I'd say so. risk. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess everything is kind of a risk, right? But calculated, very calculated risks. <laughs> I would agree with you, Tom. I mean, I feel accidents. I feel accidents can always happen. But totally. I feel with the right amount of preparation and experience, um, you you have the potential to get away just fine. And apparently, I fall pretty spectacular, um, <laughs> but very safe as well. So people go like, "Well, that was. Could you do that again?" I was like, "I've no idea what the hell I've done." But yeah, right. You usually, get away pretty safe and just kind of roll off. I don't know. It seems to work for me. I feel I spent a lot of time falling at first and just kind of, <clears throat> you know, doing falling exercises and practicing all, all the stuff small scale. So I feel I just have a very good area of awareness when, you know, when it comes to it and it seems to work. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, it's, I know. Everyone wants to kind of avoid falling, right? To avoid, you know, making a mistake. But it's a good thing to go to go through, I think, when you start, right? Like, you kind of have to make, <laughs> kind of got to make those mistakes so you can get comfortable with um, I'm, with falling. Yeah, I'm kind of an, an advocate for actually putting a little bit of practice into falling because if you're comfortable with failing a jump, like really comfortable and you know you can trust your body and yourself to handle things that go wrong it just levels up your practice because it allows you to train at the level you're actually at and it gives you mental peace to just know oh uh, you know if things go south they will still be all right so mm -hmm. it's, it's a huge advantage to have that especially yeah, yeah. Like paired paired with not being injured and just having more time to train i thought it's super useful agreed um, I advise anybody, like everybody, to just go through a little bit of falling exercise, really. What do you think is a good way to do that, though? <laughs> I know I've always kind of struggled to think of good ways of really getting into that that headspace of because it's like almost a flight or flight moment, right? When you bail and your actual instincts kick in, so how, it's like how do you replicate that to like? really train how your brain oh, reacts I, to falling. I personally don't. Um, I feel it's just about, I keep 
piece myself about this, but I fear if you're just putting in the reps and like doing things 50, 100, 1,000 times, they kind of become automatic. Right. And then obviously they're never going to be perfect when you need them, but if you have a really good roll or really good dive roll or you've, you know, you know, to put your hands in front of your face when falling, um, some people apparently don't do. Um, I feel it kind of becomes an instinct and that can kick in when you need it. I feel as well as having good coordination. So if you're comfortable with rolling around and you keep, you know, where, you know, the, the ground is and like have weird axes and think about the different scenarios, like properly think about them. You don't need to think about what am I going to do in an emergency in the case of, you know, me slipping here, because if you, if you plan for, as much as you can, you're like, well, I at least react in the way that I made out to. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say make plans and then obviously practice them. And you can just simulate falling. Like, I remember I'd, I'd just go out and be like, oh, if I fell like this way, if I fell to my side, how would I go for it? And then just kind of act it out and practice that. So you go like, oh, would I cartwheel? Would I roll? Would I... You know, land on my back. Um, with a handstand, right, and then kind of just practice it. Awesome. So think through the scenarios and uh, kind of visualize the different possibilities. I think who yeah. did we talk to here, Christy? Was it Rob? Rob and Rob when they said, uh, "Rob and like, Rob throw throw a ball at someone while they're <laughs> like, doing a movement." Well, doing a movement to force the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm probably smart. What do you, ha I guess, if, when you're teaching kids, do you, you uh, do things like that? Just like a little maybe push? <laughs> no. Not, not too much, actually, because I feel especially when you're starting out, it's important to just um, gather experience and kind of build build a repertoire. So I'm like, oh, how does it feel if you do it this way? How does jump change if you do it too late? How does it change if, if you if the run-up is slanted? How does it change if you under or overshoot it? What, what feels good? What doesn't? Uh, what can you do to avoid that? I like it to let people roll on hard ground. I just go like try it out and then they're like that hurt i'm like well change it yeah <laughs> totally um, i think we've all done it because i feel i feel the best uh, yeah i feel the best protection at the end of the day is just experience and like having gone through as many many scenarios in a you know safe way so i've obviously warned people i'm like it's a wall it's concrete it's hard like try not to uh, rip your shins off but at the end of the day it's a good lesson to do that once. Yeah, <laughs> it takes done you it. to pay attention for the rest of your life. I've done it several yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. It is a good lesson. Sometimes your toes just show up enough just to catch. You know what I mean? It's like it learns oh, yeah. from being shinned. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. It's like it's like PTSD. It's like not again. <laughs> yeah, I guess probably most people. Have you do parkour long enough, you'll have a nice mark on your shin somewhere, hey? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. 
just tell by looking at Shinzo. Oh, yeah, you you do parkour or Muay Thai. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Purposely kicking things. <laughs> so what's um kind of related to following? How do you deal with like the mental blocks and progressing past that? Something that just with yourself or or students. Uh, what's the the, tr the mm. trick or your advice for getting over those blocks and getting i uh, i go through the same things um so if it's if it's if it's if i can't see a jump so you know people have a partial vision i'm like if i can't even imagine it or if i can't imagine myself doing it i'm like obviously it's out of my reach like just no way like there's drops right. like that friends take and i'm like i can't even like no it looks like injury to me. Doesn't look like a drop. So, if it's that, I have a kind of train around it. I'm like, I'm not ready for it. Um, or if it would be something I really want to do, I'm like, okay, what's my weak point here? What what do I need to get better at? And then focus on that. Which is, if it's that, usually physical ability. So I go and just lift because I really like that. Um, but most of the time, it's Obviously, you're like, oh, I think I'm capable to do it, but your brain kind of goes like, no, um, fight or flight thing. You're like, I eh, don't really want to do it, or you can't really commit. And then there's several things I do. So I go, I go through things that could go wrong, and I'm like, realistically speaking, what's like, I first try to put into words what what I actually fear. I'm like, what is it that I'm afraid of? Is it is it smashing into the ground? Is it shitting into the wall? And then I kind of try to explain, I do it with other people too. I'm like, no, that's usually the fear if, if it's irrational, right? You go and you're like, no, that, that won't happen. Or what, what would you do? And then I go through the scenarios, as I said, I'm like, oh, if I slip on the run up and I'll just land here or, you know, uh, will I really land on my shins? Realistically speaking, no, I haven't done that in 10 years. Like, right. I kind of go out. <laughs> to the ledge and I'd rather just kick it or you know like fall over it like right. my shins aren't touching that wall um, yeah and go through it and then sometimes I know and that's the most annoying thing to do but sometimes I know I'm like I might just have to try it 30 times and then just just go through with it I'm like oh I right. like with some things you're like oh, I think I could do it and then you one bang it and some things you need to work to us and then, you know, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 30 trials. I'm, right now, I'm just guessing. I'm like, oh, it looks like something I could do with 10 attempts. And then just kind of go for it. If it takes longer, it takes longer. I remember when we were at uh, WPF camp this year. There was this one jump, and I had to do it like 50 times. <laughs> I didn't do anything else that day. Yeah. I bought it <laughs> eventually. I was like, oh, I know it. It sucked. <laughs> Like, but I got it. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It's something you need to push through. You're like, yeah. if you're capable of doing it, cool. Try to get closer and closer until you get it. Does it ever bug you when you finally get those things and you're like, oh man, if my brain just like worked with me a little better, I could have done this like two hours ago? <laughs> mm. There's a video of me. There's a video of me going like this, and like oh, I could have done that like three hours ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, and that's fine. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, coaching yourself through a, a line. Like, how big is that cat leap? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm five eleven. You know, ten, five eleven. That's my body length. All I need to do is jump a little bit more and extend my arms out. So that's even more of a gap. Like, yeah, I can do this, no doubt. But it's just because it's out on the raw. Yeah, exactly. Your your brain just like screws you over. It's like, no, not going to do this. You run up to it. Stop. Yeah. That is the absolute worst thing. I oh, think, I for me hate in it. <sighs> Trying to commit and then your brain's like, no. Thing that really helps me. Tell me. Another thing that really like that I just remembered is sometimes I just accept failure. I'm like, you know what? If I need to bang my knee here in order to get it, <laughs> I'll just like that's fine. Like pain will fade. Like sometimes I'm just like, it might happen. That's okay. I'll take it. And then usually doesn't because once you're comfortable with you know failing, I, like at least for me, I just, I'm like, okay, cool, let's go, and then I can fully commit. Yeah, that's actually something I've I've started doing more recently in gym settings where it was like mats and safe, not on concrete really, but doing something enough until I start to fail, like purposely doing that. So then I can train myself to realize it's not actually that bad. It's not as bad as my brain is making it out to be. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think the movement's sometimes, faster. Sometimes even better. like the worst case yeah, like for me, sometimes I remember I had like this like heart bay, and I remember when I was doing my ever like first ever castaway, I landed on my head, like I kind of oh. head dove into the mat. Shit. I was Classic. like, that was shit. <laughs> that was that was really shit. I was like, didn't commit, and kind of like I was like, that's the worst thing that can happen. But I was fine, so I just went back up, and I was like, I need to do it right now because this was the worst thing that could happen. I'm fine, so I'll just do it again, but better. Yeah. Once I realized, like, okay, I can, you know, head dive into those mats and I'll still be fine. It wasn't comfortable, but, you know, I'm like, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, it really helped me. Well, sometimes I'll just check it. I'm like, what happens if I land it on my back? And I go like, that ah, hurt, yeah. but not too bad. So yeah. That's the worst case thing. It's just, you know, go for it. Yeah, it's um, for sure the anticipation of the possible failure is actually worse generally than the actual bad outcome, right? Your brain makes things scary, makes things scarier than they, than they actually are. Mm -hmm. You have That's to fail sure. enough to kind of realize that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the lesson of parkour. Fail till, till you succeed. No, your brain thinks it's scarier than it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Until you drain, uh, drill it, drill it, drill it 50 I times. Like, I feel like it's more of a life... I feel like it's actually more of a life lesson. Right? So I always try to teach my kids, and like, you know, it's kind of like life. And I, I don't think they get it, but I like to think eventually they will get it. I'm like, you know, no harm in trying. Like, you know, even if you hurt yourself a little bit, you'll be fine later on if at least tried... And if you do it often enough, maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. You'll be happier with trying, most likely. It's nothing more frustrating than being crippled with fear, not not doing things. And they go yeah. like, yeah, cool. But 
Oh, that's cool. Actually, they get it. Awesome. Yeah, there's, well, you know, I mean, you can hear you can hear a lesson, but it it'll always take some time before people have that. Oh, that's what you meant. Absolutely. <laughs> Has to be like on a, a Marvel movie, and it's like, Coach said that, you know. <laughs> Um, Robin, you're super busy. Like, thanks for coming on the show. I know, like, you, you do your your I guess Monday to Friday deal, but you also do like seminars and other stuff on the weekend relating to parkour, or you do like um, uh, workshops. Do you travel for this as well too? Like, yeah. Well. So what was your yeah. most recent yeah. workshop? Yeah, so Monday to Friday, I, um, two hours ago, mm. home and jobless people, um, which, which was right around the corner. Huh. Um, so then, don't remember. Like, there's several things I do on a weekly basis. Oh, cool, yeah. Work, where I live in Germany. Um, and then last seminar, I think, was Munich, which was a coaching seminar where I was kind of attending, kind of coaching myself, which is weird because I'm in this weird in-between spot where I didn't have the certification, but I knew everything. I knew the people that run it, so I had to get it in order to teach them in the future. What? Um. Wait, what? <laughs> you gotta, you got to play this, um, this political role, right? Like... Some uh, parkour. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a fun a seminar. Bit. Don't get me wrong. I, no, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, it was it was fun, and I learned a thing or two. Like, I still, you know, no no harm in in attending such a thing. Um, yeah, it was fun. But yeah, I do I do stuff like that. I do work on certifications. I do plan workshops. I do plan kind of campaigns or like programs where they're like oh we you know let's say a school or my uni they, they want to incorporate parkour in the, into their curriculum and i go well this is how you probably teach it and then i don't know plan out the lessons for them i guess mm -hmm. and then i usually just run them myself and like that's easier um <laughs> but yeah that i've got that i've got my own training i've got events i want to attend i've got <laughs> Cool. So, yeah. What's the next event that you're attending? Don't know, because with COVID, um, things are starting to close down again, or things are getting hard to organize at the moment. So there was a couple of jams I wanted to go to, and then one I couldn't make, mm. or two I couldn't make, and then one got rescheduled or something. So for now, no plans. I'd love to go for all of the movement, but obviously that's not happening this year. And yeah. since we're approaching winter pretty fast, there's not so much going on anymore this year. Yeah. We have to see what next year brings. I hear you on that. Yeah, no, this, uh, this COVID's really putting a rut in, uh, <laughs> in things, hey? A lot of things. <laughs> Uh, so with um coaching sorry getting back to you a little bit what makes 
what like what, what makes a good coach what uh what i don't even know what like characteristics <laughs> what what uh kind of background train or training makes someone a good parkour coach mm. how important is question. i think is, there's several things sorry is this gonna say how, how important is being an actual pra parkour practitioner to coaching mm. a lot i think it's very it's crucial um, so yeah. there are several qualities in a coach, and I think a good coach should cover all of them. So obviously, don't need. It helps if you if you've been, say, one of the best athletes in the game. It definitely helps. I don't think that you need to be a top class athlete in order to make the next top class athlete. So because that's something people confuse. People at the Olympics, their trainers weren't at the Olympics. When, when, when they were in their you know, prime, they usually don't, but they understand how training works. They understand training well enough in order to make the next generation. So what I think is important is that you were able to do the moves you're teaching or that you at least understand all of them in a way that you know how they feel, you know where to use them and all that, you know how training feels that you actually plan like you should have done the programs that you put on people and you should have done the progressions or understand the progressions that you teach other people. So I'd say it's very, very important that you've got your share of experience. And I don't like it when PE teaches in Germany and they like, oh, we do a parkour at PE. I'm like, you don't know anything about the sport. Please leave it to people that have actually done it. Or if you want to teach it, maybe get into the sport for a bit. Right. And then do that because I don't like it if, if people they're like they don't really know what's going on. I'm like, just because you read a book, you're not a coach. Like it's not how it works. Just because you've got a certification, that's that doesn't make you a coach either. Like you need practice, both yourself and practice coaching. And then when it comes to that, the qualities that make a good coach. And I think you need to be comfortable speaking in front of people. You need to um understand the struggles you need to attend to their needs and be able to kind of encourage people and kind of deal with fear and then need to be yourself i feel that's very important like some people are you know like softer type of guys and they can be great coaches as well i'm kind of more like an old school drill person i'd say i can be quite angry <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, like you need to like your teaching style should fit your personality because if you're if you're acting, people will eventually notice and they won't believe anything you're doing. Mm. So I feel it's about being real. No, I agree. Now, have you found that people you coach don't believe like it's like they don't listen to you until you've actually shown them your own ability? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I feel it helps. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it. Um no, I don't I don't I don't experience that, but I feel it helps. If if you show people like I'm I'm able to do this or demonstrate like this is how it works, obviously they're gonna be like, Oh, he's he's an expert, he knows what he's talking about. I feel with enough experience you kind of 
radiate that energy already like you kind mm. of have it within you and i feel if you're confident enough and like i noticed that with with like because right now i teach students that will become teachers i kind of often talk to them and i feel maybe i'm wrong but i feel i kind of get it just because i'm like this is what you need to pay attention to think about this think about that these are the i don't know things to be aware of and um, this is what's boring this is what's not and i feel because i've done it for so many hours they can feel it i'm like if you do that you can do it but it will become boring for you know the people you teach and for yourself like rolling your wrists for a warm-up don't do that it's boring it's boring for everyone involved don't like this there's, there's so much better things you could do in that time don't do it but but yeah, to answer your question, I feel, yeah, it can help. But I don't feel, if you're really good, you don't need to do it. Like you, yeah. there, there should be no need to show you're capable of doing it. And even if you're not capable of doing it anymore or not that way, it shouldn't be necessary. I feel that would be a coaching culture that I really like where your quality as a coach decides more than your skill level if you get hired or if you get a job or how much you teach because you can be a great athlete and not be able to explain anything. You could be very right. talented. You could, what worked for you might not work for the next person. Exactly. Good, but yeah, you know, if, if you're that, if you're that good, it probably won't probably won't for the next, like, no, like we're not dumb. Like doing the thing that he does <laughs> doesn't work for us. Like there needs to be a different approach to it. Right. I agree with that one hundred percent. I've I've kind of always said that in our coaching practice when Tom and I would coach at this specific place and um I'd be like, Oh, I'll teach you my way of doing something, but if you don't get it, like Tom when you go over to Tom's class, you just might be taught differently that clicks for you at that time. Um, like parkour roles, you, it's really hard for children to get the whole concept of it so like uh tom may teach it i may teach it but the next person behind us may teach it and they might just click with that kid you know what i mean mm. i actually feel the best teaching is the one where you seem to be useless i have many discussions with other coaches about that and right now because obviously teaching things in a certain order and progressions is great yeah but I feel that's not really parkour anymore. Like it, it works if you want to attain a certain level or if you want to, you know, become the best at speed runs or something. Like obviously there's progressions you should do and go ahead and do them, ask me about them. I'm all for that. But when it comes to teaching parkour and the culture and kind of keeping it alive, I'm like most of the time I just like, you know, give them a couple of boxes or blocks and like do whatever, like, you know. Gather your own experience. That's what it's all about. And then if you don't know something, just come and ask. I'll hang out. I'll do my stuff. You can probably pick up a thing or two from watching me train or the others. And that teaches people to actually ask and try things on their own. Because obviously if I tell them this is how I've done it, it might not work for them. It might, yeah. might just not. I can go through the process with them, but I feel you learn the most if you get to know yourself and your own process. And and if class is really good, I'm just kind of sitting at the side and they, they mm. talk to each other and they teach each other. 
Right. Because there always does have to be that balance between the directed instruction of how things work, the kind of mechanics behind things. But a big part of especially parkour, I would say, is the self-directed stuff. It's this, you know, play and explore by yourself. That's how they'll actually figure this stuff out and integrate it, right? Like, you can't uh, yeah, 100%. be telling, having someone tell them what to do for every single movement. <laughs> All right. Well, saying that, do the youth that or anyone that you're teaching, do they know anything about the parkour culture of it coming up? Like, you know, old school and where it came from, like the actual history of it? Or do they care? I used to be. Mm, I don't know if they care. <laughs> I used to be. I used I used to be very anal about it. I was like, oh, kids need to know this and this is super mm. important and where it came from. But I remember there were big discussions about it, at least in, you know, the people I was surrounded with. And at the end of the day, same with the parkour versus free range debate, which is which, if you take a step back and look at it from like a mother's perspective or, you know, somebody else, I'm like, is this really important to what I want out of this sport? Is it important that people get it like outsiders get it i'm like i don't know i don't i don't care like i don't mm. care about people outside of the sport i care about the people inside the sport mm. they get it that's what is what's important to me and then if i if i teach people i might tell them a thing or two but at the end of the day i'm like is it important is it important that they know the name of that person that did the thing is it no i think it's important that they enjoy themselves i think it's important that they have an understanding of how the movement works, of how learning moves works, and like how to how to train kind of thing. And so right now, I might I might tell them a thing or two. Like this is where it came from. If you're interested, if they're interested, they'll look it up. If they don't, I don't think that's a problem. Like the sport's very dynamic and still growing. And, each and every one of us makes parkour its own thing. And there's no rules to it either. So I go like, you know what? There's no rules. There's no right or wrong. I'm not your dad. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I can tell you how to approach things and how to do things. But what you make out of it is entirely up to you. And it's kind of how life is. Like, no rules to it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good good way to look at the look at it. People, really yeah, like you don't have to like, I, I mean, I guess at first it's people back, back in the day, all we had was a couple of people to look at, for example. So it was like, oh, you don't know who that is or anything. But now it's like, you can't be expecting everyone interested in parkour to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if, <laughs> to be fair, if, it, if it's like a name or a clip, people haven't seen it, and it's been very important. I'm like. Maybe look it up. <laughs> Manpower gainer. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you if you notice that happened or didn't. Like, it doesn't really affect your practice. It's just how up to date you are and how connected you are. Wow, Robin, I really enjoy your perspective of parkour. It's um really dynamic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really um dynamic and it's. It's refreshing. 
because um, I like to see parkour have no boundaries, right? To like, um, you know, sometimes when, uh, say for hockey, for example, people have their team, you know, and they're, uh, you know, die hard for this team kind of thing. And mm. it's like, no, this and that, that person should have got a penalty. And it's what, like, you know, there's the rules that are set, the boundaries. But just like parkour, like, if there is a boundary, we get over it. And that's what makes it so fun. And, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, geez, yeah, I can't wait to listen to this podcast later and refresh my Ah, <laughs> uh, so with training, your your own training, do you are you want to just stick to parkour for mm. progressing your parkour or do you cross train with other stuff? Do you like calisthenics or weight training? both <laughs> yeah i i did do other sports alongside parkour i used to do a year or two of capoeira and i used oh, yeah. to do gymnastics actually let yeah. the hate come in uh, <laughs> uh it was actually great it was actually great for my like flips and stuff um it was it was fun too um for me it was um I knew I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep it up forever. But it was a great experience, actually. And no, if 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 people can jump over their own egos, do a gymnastics class or two. They're actually fun, and you can learn loads. They've been doing this for quite a long time. Um, yeah. As my training today, I mostly I mostly do parkour. Um, but with winter approaching, I do loads of powerlifting just in order to be very strong. I remember. A year ago, people would tell me that wouldn't pay off, and now I'm the strongest jumper around pretty much any place I go. So take that, whoever said that. Apparently, it pays off. Huh. Nice. Good That's one thing you. I haven't haven't tried myself. So you recommend power powerlifting? Yeah. Well, I mean, from a sports scientific standpoint, if you look at it. There is science behind that, and people telling me it doesn't work. I'm like, that probably means you don't understand how jumping biomechanics work, right? How strength works. It doesn't need <laughs> to. I mean, it doesn't need to translate into bigger jumps necessarily. But if you plan it right and you do the right things, it will. Works yeah. for me, so I enjoy that because I enjoy progress. Um, I do it and it, it's not a pain in the ass to me I know people that are like I hate it and I'm like don't do it <laughs> there's no right like sports I about enjoying yourself, but I enjoy it so so what I'm hearing is train legs three times a week instead of once <laughs> well yeah it pays off as a coach I have to say yeah if you want to have big jumps it's it a job okay cool Mental note. <laughs> um, I have a question. What is your favorite move? You're, like, if you were to do a line, you definitely will put this move in. Mm. Do loads of aerials. Which oh. I know they're not in fashion, but I do 
quite a lot of aerials. Like I do hook aerials quite a lot. Um, I probably I, I do a little like breakdown thing quite often where I kind of just don't walk, but I do like break this turn and then do a walk. So that will probably be in the I like palm spins just for the sake of cool. our own move. Um, but yeah, and then you do a flip at the end of the line because that gives you the likes. You know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> get the likes. Of course. And if you're not getting those likes, what's the point, right? That's how, how you do it, right? <laughs> Let's get some likes. Let's get some likes. Yeah. That's awesome. Aerials, yeah. That's yeah. Those are good. Hard, actually, very hard to do. Requires a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. to do properly. <laughs> yeah, handstands may not come back. So Ariel's probably next. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing since... Uh, I mean, I love that. I love that. Since the, the Tim Sheaf uh, era, not a, lot of, uh, not a lot of flags, handstands, and parkour now. Right. <laughs> that used to be your basic... Um, yeah, to be fair, basic... that was... Go for it. That was a little bit cringy. That's what I want to say. Like, if, you <laughs> That's look, why. if you look back at those videos, like I respect them for what they wear. I really respect them for what they wear and what they stood for back in the day because I still remember that. But I get why people don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> I do get it. I mean, yeah, when you think about it, logically, uh, like a competition or whatever video, it's like all movement-based, and then suddenly there's a flag, a human flag in there. Different, just different style. Yeah. I appreciated it though. <laughs> and still wish same, I could do it. Like, <laughs> I think Callum wrote something about it. I think Callum wrote something about it where he was like, You think the office is the reason people make fun of parkour? Like, watch the 2008 or earlier video. <laughs> oh, really? Like, right now, do it and tell me, and, and tell me, like, we've kind of done it ourselves. Like, well that's fine too yeah i get it yeah i mean it's just like when you look back at the origins of of skateboarding to what it is now that's a there's like two different movement like styles completely yeah it's it's a progression and it's it's all right like they were the pioneers and to be to be completely fair, kudos to them because nobody's right. done it before and that was awkward as fuck. Yeah. Couldn't be here without them, but still, I won't really watch 2008 videos anymore. <laughs> I don't do. Right. Like the straddle, straddle handstand on a rooftop. Classic. Oh, yeah. And. That'll always hold a special place in my heart. Same here. I still <laughs> want to do it. I don't know which rooftop, but I still want to do it. Maybe just uh, do the straddle yeah. handstand. Same here. Same here. Well, do you have any future goals now that we talk about the straddle handstand on rooftops? Hi. <laughs> uh, mm. mm. Yeah, I want to keep progressing, and that still works. Cool. And see how for how long I can still do that. But it seems mm-hmm. to it seems to well, I, I, 
Oh, I feel I've got another 10 years, so nice. Um, keep moving, and then I have I have very very tangible powerlifting goals because they're very easy to quantify. So I go like, I wanted to lift 200 kilos, so that's almost 400 pounds for you guys. Yeah. I did that, and now I want to squat the same weight. Cool. Yeah, go. Wow. And then I want to get my corks back. They're not they're not cool. <laughs> um, I just, you know, certain moves and certain runs around here where we're like, we have this thing. I, I like to say it's five weeks of manpower, which we all kind of want to do. And we're looking and we're like, it's definitely possible. But nobody, I know, I think nobody's ever done it. So oh. I'd be stoked to be the first. Shit. Or, we'll see. You'll Keep see us- it. You'll see it if I get it. You'll see it one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You'll probably I can't see it wait. if I don't get it as well because that will go viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to like um, re-listen to the podcast where you say like rehearse, do it fifty times. <laughs> you can one bang it out. <laughs> Coach yourself. That's awesome. Well, I hope you uh, you do it and you do commit it on a first time. Like that would be something. Like, wow. I want to see it. Yeah, height drops are always a scary one. But I mean, I've never really done it too high of height drops. But again, another one that seems to be worse in your mind. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's I, think, all the, I actually think it's great that they're having a comeback. We'll see how that was. Um, we'll need to see. We'll need to see how it plays out for people like with capstone and everything but i'm excited to see where where we'll be getting in the future with you no know, hydros being more of a thing again and people actually train them could be cool it'll come around again i'm sure so when you do train do you train in like a group or do you do solo what's that look like i I don't do many solo sessions anymore, mm. just because there is a community around, and I'm like, I'd rather let people know and meet up with people than just go by myself. I used to, I used to do loads and loads of solo training when I first started because there was no one to train with. I remember it was like a period of two or three years where I hardly meet anybody. It just didn't really have the money to go anywhere. I was still a student, so. Mm. Which is like train at the same three, four, five spots in my neighborhood. And that was awesome. But right now there's not people to train with. So usually just meet up with people, train with them. Cool. What's your community look like when you look, train with people? Is it 20 plus or is it like five? No, no, no. I mean, Freiburg is not a big city. Uh-huh. Um, and it seems kind of divided here, which is like there's people that have been living here because I moved here, right? And then there's been people that have lived and trained here for like probably 10 years. So mm. my age, um, but they're like their own circle. And I know they have their own group chat and stuff. Mm. Like, I get it. It's nice to just hang out with your friends and everything and like have a session here and there with them. That's all right, but I always think like you're making this thing very 
the sport very exclusive and you know making it hard for people to access that lifestyle that you live and that you apparently like so much and right kind of a dick no i don't want to say it's a dick move but i'm like it's just <laughs> it doesn't feel nice kind of yeah if you go out training you might as well let people people know and i always wonder i'm like is that yours like do you own the sport because why can't you share it like why is it different if there's somebody else there and so to answer your question i hang out with the new generation which are a bit younger so they're 18 to 21 mostly i'd say and then we usually it's usually like three to six seven people when we're out which is nice there's no big big groups like they used to be So do you find the youth are doing these like ridiculous lines and ridiculous moves and so like training with them makes you want to get to that level or inspires you just as much as you inspire them? Could you repeat that question? Sorry, that was a little bit of a lag. Uh, do you find the youth um, that you're training with get things or do lines that are ridiculous than what you've seen, uh, you know, in bigger groups? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, get it. Uh, I mean, I what I noticed is the training style has changed. Like, you know, people people that have been in the sport for ages they usually lean more on the parkour side of right. things my perception of it at least and i know i do but like younger generations they are like more flip based and trick based and that's very cool because obviously they approach lines a lot different and i actually this is just my opinion but it's a strong one and i i'm not whatever i'm not scared to put it out there i'm like if you've been in the game for like 10 years all you're doing is still cat priest you've been left behind. You're not old school, you've been left behind. Parkour is so much more these days. It's fucking sick. Uh, you should at least give it a go. Like, you might, you're probably not able to keep up with, you know, 40, 15, 16 year olds. They, that bit their first splits when they were 10 or nine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's probably, it's, it's not realistic, but it's, it's worth, you know, being open to it and like trying new styles and, I feel it's important to keep up to date with that and know how training that way feels um, or you'll lose touch eventually and and I just become awkward. No, I agree with that. I agree with your, um, with your admiration for parkour. I feel the same way. I feel everyone should do it, like try it and do it because like, I don't know if you even try it, you're going to love it. And you're going to start seeing stupid little jumps, stupid little climb-ups everywhere. You'll be like on your work break. You know, you'll be at work. You'll be looking out the window and be like, oh, there's a run right there and I can do this and that. And you start daydreaming about the the parking stalls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, It's great. Everyone should do it. Mm. And then saying that, like that builds a community. And then next thing you know, you're you're tackling your your next meeting the same way that you tackled the parking lot outside when you're daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good thing for people to not put limitations on their 
movement to like just stick to this like parkour um style like just embrace it like try these different movements you might not be good at it or as good as some other people rather but the goal is just to be good at moving in general at movement right so don't put like artificial barriers yeah Plus, at the end of the day, I always felt it's not it's not about who's better. It's about enjoying yourself and exploring your body and your possibilities and kind of extending them. So no yeah. hurt in widening your repertoire and gathering more experience, new styles. You might end up not liking them and just do the same thing, but at least give it a go. Exactly. Yeah. And just getting a wider base of you know, experience and different movements might help you in something you do like to do, right? In in another movement some way. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do believe in trying new things and then integrating them into your practice. I mean, I remember when Pasha popped up kind of, God, I sound old, but <laughs> he was like, he was and then he like got invited to his for art of motion, I think. Yeah. And everybody would watch past the videos and be like, oh, it's very inspirational and like learn so many new moves and like this is how it feels. Back then he used to watch breakdance videos for inspiration and he copied them. And I'm like, oh, it's so much smarter because that's outside of the sport. That's a completely different approach. And just recently somebody messaged me who was like, I watch animal movements. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually sick. Like watching, having other sources of inspiration outside of parkour will yeah. give you so many more options rather than staying inside your little bubble. Yeah, I I think that is a big thing, especially well now people can kind of start with parkour from a young age, but back before you had people coming in from break dancing or gymnastics or whatever that influenced their their movement so much like people should almost uh i mean keep doing parkour but explore other other you know aspects of life of movement and it'll for sure benefit you it's almost like dance martial arts and parkour is this cute little ball that's all mixed in together you know like you can pull all little things from everywhere and like make your own kind of sport, you know? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I'll, yeah. I'll get so personalized, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's parkour is the same but different. Yeah. Deep, deep parkour talk, eh? Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. Yeah. Speaking of what, what, are, what do we think about competitions in general? Because being someone like you started pre-competition right would you have you liked how that has yeah. impacted the parkour community yeah i have to say <clears throat> i have to say yes i do i do like competitions i don't watch them that much myself um to be honest but i think there's great potential in competition and I remember 
for the debate going, are we pro-competition or against? Yeah. And that went back and forth, kind of like the Parker Freeland debate, kind of like debates yeah. used to go. And eventually, we got nothing out of that. Spent hours and hours discussing pros and cons, and then eventually things just happened. And when it comes to such things as well, competitions is the, the clearest example. There are people, there's stakeholders outside of the sport, and they want something from it. And they're, they're so powerful, and they've got so much money, you can't hmm. really defend against it. Like They will find a way. And I don't want to say they're bad people or anything. I'm just like, that's kind of how economy works, with kind of how capitalism works. And I don't want to judge that, because that's the system that we kind of live in. Um, but what competition brought was a wider audience, a bigger understanding of the sport, a bigger understanding of what's possible within the sport. It brought a lot of money. It brought sponsorships. It brought contracts. It brought, brought opportunities to travel. And at the end of the day, I feel that's great because my personal opinion on a thing, on an athlete, on a competition doesn't matter that much. And I'm not the gatekeeper of parkour. Yeah. <laughs> what I feel is important is that the sport lives and grows. And if you look at any other professional sport or any other sport that is known, there will be a competition. There will be certain things. There will be training camps. There will be um, preparation for that. There will be a dedicated conditioning towards that thing you're doing. It doesn't matter what your opinion on those things is for conditioning as well. People go like, I don't like it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, if we professionalize the sport, it will probably come up. It's just, it's just something I kind of don't want to say naturally, but it happens. And I'm like, it's, it's good. If you want to push the limits, it's, it's good to go that way. Um, and if it, you know, if there's more opportunity within the sport, there's more people that can live off that sport. I, I struggle to see why that's a bad thing. And I right. get why people are worried about things that people out of the sport might do with it. And they're like, oh, they're going to change the sport. I'm like, the sport's made out out of every single one of us that do the sport and how we communicate the sport and how we represent the sport. And if you don't like it, maybe come up with your own competition then. Because many people, they just argue. And I go, well, then right. do something else. Like nobody, nobody's stopping you from doing a great competition um, that you like and that represents your values. It's not a thing. And I feel like with skill competitions coming up, um, like especially now, I really love that. Like we have a thing that's unique to parkour, that's kind of true to what we train, and it kind of tests like how how versatile your movement repertoire is and how how well you can adjust and you know how capable you are of, of doing thing in as little tries as possible. I'm like, sick. Um, so I'm actually for competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm to say because I, I see loads of opportunities. Yeah. I see loads of opportunities and there's worries. I'm like, I don't see the downside of the thing because if, if if we don't have that we have no money we have no exposure we have no nothing and you get to gate, keep your little thing 
all right, right, you're still special. You've got your little treasure thing you don't want to share with anybody else. Do you really love parkour then? Like, is it really about the sport? Is it about your fragile ego? Right. Because that's a different discussion then. Totally. And I'll stroke yeah. it. I'll stroke it. I'll go ahead and stroke it and tell you how special you are. But <laughs> that is not a rational discussion about competition yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah. Good perspective. I love that. Um, I like competition just because I'm Thank competing. You. I I'm competing against myself. Like, what do you mean I can't get this cat pole? Like, how many times do I have to do this? How many do I have to walk away now? Do I have to go to another? You know, like uh, especially if we're doing um, what's that called? Skills. I drill it, drill it, drill it, and I get mad at myself. It's not like I'm mad at everyone watching me. It's like, you know, I'm mad at myself and I and I get it, competition, but competition for like a, a pro athlete, I think it's really, really good too because now I can start saying free running and parkour and people know what it is. It's like somehow it gets into people's ears yeah. and eyes, somehow. And that's great. It's happened more so over the last two years over COVID than it has like before that, I feel, you know. Weird. Yeah, that's um. I guess the fig thing is a little is interesting though because mm. I guess it's not so much the comp competitions, right? I th like, is that people are more worried about their like ability to kind of control parkour beyond the competition, right? Like having their own. Yeah. I mean, with with. Sorry. I get I get the discussion and the worries about the fig. Nah, I get I get why that is such a hot topic, and I don't really have an informed opinion on it. I have yeah. to say because I felt I didn't really keep up with it. I felt what happens happens mm. with a big player like Fig. Um, I was like, I'd rather invest my energy somewhere else. So I'm not pro Fig for anybody out there. Not, <laughs> um, I also don't have an informed opinion, <laughs> right? So, because, because for them, they're like, Oh, it's going to be a subdivision of gymnastics, and people are worried about that. Like, we don't want to be put into the same category. I get that, neither. Again, they bring in a lot of money, they bring in a lot of opportunity, and you know, if people can do their version of parkour and, you know, I don't know, maybe fund their life or their college with it, which would be so awesome. I find it hard to say that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I think what people are worried about is the judging criteria and how the sport is going to be perceived to be to outsiders and how that might change the sport going forward. I get that. Right. Which is why I think it's important to have our own systems in place and represent the things. I'm like, as with any other sport, there will always be subdivisions that keep up the values or the things that you like and appreciate. So I'm not sure that the answer is boycotting FIG, which in the long run is probably not going to work because there's so many muggles out there that watch you know, FIG and Olympics and stuff. Right. And they don't know anything about parkour. Yeah. Um, but rather trying to keep up the thing that we're doing 
Because I, like, yeah. I honestly feel like I don't want to say oh, I gave up, but like it's an overwhelming power to Parker at the moment. I know people are working on it and they're like, oh, we need to establish ourselves more and then we can kind of fight fig. I don't know about that. I, mm. I remember there was a speak competition in Germany in 2008. People didn't like it, but that, that, that brand had the money and they just did it. It was people competing and they made a little money out of it. And then they got hate. And then eventually, I don't know, they, they, you know, that competition doesn't exist anymore. Apparently it wasn't interesting or I don't know. Nothing changed. Like from my perspective, parkour is still a sport. People still do it. Like people used right. to compete there. They're still part of the scene. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, as long as as long as like one organization like Fig can't can't claim parkour is all theirs, and other companies and other people can keep doing their parkour, you know, then but, it's, I mean, it's all the same, they, right? Even if they did, it, it, I mean, even if they did, then we'll call it something else. Like, right? I'm very practical when it comes to that, but I'm like. Just because your label of what I do changes or your understanding of what my sport is doesn't mean I need to change the thing that I do. I don't see... I don't know. Yeah. Like, are they the police? Like, are they going to come to my home and, and, and like, watch my parkour practice and tell me, oh, no, you, you can't do it anymore? Because if they do, well, then fuck them. But I don't, I don't see that happening. And... Um, I was just yeah, imagining yeah. someone knocking on your door right now. Are you on a parkour podcast? <laughs> you can't call it that anymore. Pop, That's copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Cease and desist from Fig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? It's our third one this week. Oh, oh but um, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Parkour won't stop being parkour. It'll just keep changing. Yeah, <laughs> evolving, right? Yeah. I mean, it has, it has, it has been changing a lot. Mm. Anyways, um, like crazy. Yeah. You know, people <laughs> flipped, 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 flipped in parkour. Yeah. Shout out to people who still remember that one. Oh yeah. Watched parkour video in 2021. Uh, don't yeah. know. Like they were like, Red Bull is that. Now Red Bull is the most prestigious event. Huh. Don't yeah. know. Everybody wants to be sponsored by Red Bull. They do cool projects. True. Yeah, I, I got it. I, I don't know at all. Like people go go ahead and I'm like, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I I gotta give a shout out to this sport parkour league. Like watching NEPC. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite competition. I think they did really good by far. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I was about to say that. Great example of community-driven events from the community for the community that are actually cool for spectators outside of the sport as well. So yeah, that's that's a huge inspiration for I know people running comps in Germany as well. So mm. shout cool. out, nice. Yeah. Speaking of um, training in Germany, is there like a lot of parks near you? Parkour parks? Is there a lot mm. in Germany in general? Um, no, <laughs> there's not, there's not that many, they're coming up, 
they're coming up, but it's nothing compared to like I know Denmark has shitloads and yeah. Netherlands. Yeah. Nothing compared to those countries. Um, they're kind of coming up, but we have a problem. I don't know if that's common in other countries as well, because from the past I've seen, they were all designed pretty well. And Germany, oftentimes, the city will declare we want the park or park, and then kind of just build it. And it's kind of, it's, I don't know, we don't really know what happens, because they always claim, oh, we've spoken to people within the scene. And I don't know how, because I'm like, do they ask them, do you want to park? We go, mm-hmm. yes, and then they design a shit park, because that's how it feels, what happens. Because mm. huh. oftentimes things will be too small or weird, or I'm like that. There's no, like, why would you put it there? That's just not really fit for the practice we do. Right. Too small, like bars hanging too too low, like bars hanging too low, or the area being like there's no run-up and stuff. And I'm like, how, what? Or there will be a tree where you would run up. I'm like, how, who has designed this? Like people who've built kids' parks. parks, (laughs) Skate parks in the beginning. had no idea. I think so. Yeah. I I think so. Uh, Yeah. So there are parks, but there's only a handful of them that are actually good. Huh. Well, that's that's a start. <laughs> we got nothing here, so we got nothing. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll change one day. Really? I thought US was pretty well, pretty all right. I don't know about the US. In Canada, though, there's I want to say maybe two parks, and that might be in. BC? Probably both in the west coast of Canada. Yeah. Like around Vancouver where NAPC is hosted. Yeah. We're in the middle of the country. Right. Um and there's nothing here. Like there's right. a, there's winter part time. So it's yeah. a really limited yeah. training window. <laughs> but um who knows? You never know, like um Everyone I talk to loves the idea of parkour or the way I sell it to them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have, have two parks. I mean, I feel, to be honest, I feel I feel they're going to pop up eventually because mm-hmm. you know, there's skate parks in every town and city. Um, why can't there be parkour parks? And I feel, I know people don't like it when you compare the two and I know the different sports, but like I remember skating in the early 2000s used to be everywhere in video games music videos and film and stuff like that. Parkour is the same these days. Like, they're doing pretty much the same thing in different eras. So I'm like, well, if... Yeah. You know, all the kids wanted to be skaters and, like, skaters have their own reality shows and sponsors and stuff like that. Why can't we have it? Right. And I haven't figured out why we couldn't. Like, it takes time, yeah? But I'm like... Whatever. On our way... And I don't really see see that changing anytime soon. Well, just like just like skate parks, you put a skate park up in any kind of neighborhood, kids will buy skateboards and skate. There's no one there to teach them how. There's like they have no idea, but they're out there and they're giving it a go. Same thing with a a parkour park. Maybe eventually, you know, kids will just like now with the phone in every kid's hands maybe you can just google and youtube right then and there and learn something new on the new park or even a qr code on one of the bars or something like that this is how you <laughs> like 
you know, you know, a cat back or something I mean, like there's, that. There's you know? cool concepts. Mm-hmm. Actually, I gotta write that down. There's, there's cool <laughs> concepts for all that stuff. I feel. I feel. I feel. I know. I know. It's a couple of people have done that. Um. I feel that's a cool concept as well. I feel that's not really needed because as with skating, because that's something that's very common in skating, somebody does the world's first trick. That still happens, by the way, after 40 years of skateboarding. For everybody who's worried about progression of parkour, don't. Yeah. Don't, don't really see how, what. Um, but if, if people do it, like several other people around the world will follow and they mm-hmm. just see the video. And it's not because they see how they do it, like, they see that they do it and they're like oh that's possible and i feel with the internet well you know being well established these days and people having access to it from their phone wherever they go i'm not worried about the progression of the sport kids teaching themselves and kind of with crazy things in the future i'm excited me too yeah i know every year that goes by it's just it's wilder, and uh, I can't wait to see how <laughs> where this keeps going to. <laughs> These like everyone is everyone I follow, it, like that's uh, you know a set amount. But wow, just the stuff that people have come up with in tight spaces, in big long spaces, or just you know flat ground—it's just awesome. Like in five years, two years, what is it going to be? I don't know going to be amazing way better than it is now <laughs> yeah it's a funny sport eh? or activity, activity. What, do you, what, do you, what do you call this robin you call it a sport yeah <laughs> is parkour a sport what i call parkour like do i call it is it a martial art god um, art lewis a discipline? Asked, asked me the same question yeah he asked I call it I'm trying to think. It depends on who I address. <laughs> to model muggles, I'll call it a sport because they get the idea. And if you look at what what it does to your body, it's it's more of a on the sport side of things. But I see it more as a discipline because at least for me, like it's done. It's taught me a lot about myself and about putting in work and training. And it used to be very physical back then. I remember we crawled around and do like conditioning quite a lot, which looking at it now and from a sports scientific perspective was a big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you t- but we did it and you know it was great because it great. made us like at the time. Gave us discipline. And and so I I go like call it a discipline but there oh. again park is what you make it and is is down to each each and every one so i don't think i had this discussion with lewis on my instagram live actually where we're like do we need a definition and i go i'm not sure and he went no we need to have something that we can like, if we if we don't know what our brand is inside how can we ever market it to the outside world and i thought that was powerful but i'm yeah. still like i I, I don't want to be the person that defines the sport and then puts it out there. So I'm always very careful with telling people parkour is this one thing. I can 
talk a lot about what I do, what yeah. has been done. I know lots about everything that's been going on. But putting a definition on it, don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, no one uh, like there. There would always be divisions, like different sects of parkour, right? Like everyone would fall into like a few different camps of camps. what it is. <laughs> There'd be no set, no way to get a, a, a consensus on it. <laughs> yeah, I call it playing. It's not really a sport. It's just like Play, yeah. an, a recreation. And my recreation is discipline through parkour. Well, I got to remember that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. That's a good one. Cool. Well, uh, do you have anything left here, uh, Christy? Do you have um, other questions? I actually had more to talk about than I thought. So I'm all tapped out of questions. <laughs> it's like, cool. Well, do you have any? How about we uh, do some, uh, a few quick uh, top fives? I think we haven't done that on a couple episodes, but. Go, on. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the one we usually start with is just your top five athletes that you just like to watch. I know it's impossible for most people, but <laughs> right, I couldn't. I couldn't put them in specific order, and I haven't yeah. compared to this one, so I'm just going to name a few that like athletes and people that I really like within the scene. I have to say Jason Paul, just because, um, well, he's been so big here in Germany, and he's been the role model kind of. I mean, he's been second Red Bull sponsored athlete, and he just kind of checked what's possible. And I felt, especially here in Germany, we could feel like oh it's this thing like there's this community we've been around the people and see them get jobs and make a living off it and traveling and all that so he's yeah. been very important i still enjoy watching him and he's still got a great style he's stayed relevant for years and years and years and mm -hmm. other people have fell off so yeah jason's definitely on there um for newer generations i love what keelan's doing i love his creative oh, yeah. style i love his joseph marks is doing Mm. Uh, those two, I, I really like I feel like innovators in their own sense I love watching Matt McCreary lately um, very Europe, Europe heavy here <laughs> um, that's how it is though I love Callum just for, yeah. Callum for the raw power and I have to give yeah. an honorable mention to Max Henry as well because yeah. he's, he's, he feels like an American Callum Powell to me people are going to hate him <laughs> no, totally that, yeah <laughs> They're both like incredibly strong purist athletes. Yeah. And they both really know their shit. And I think they're both great. Um that's been five already, right? So I think it has. Yeah. 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 Oh, you just shouted them right out. It's great. Yeah, really, really great people to watch. Um, we'll go on to our second top five, which is uh, training places where you like training and or where you want to train or where you've been training. Just any of your favorite spots. Mm. I love I love that Prague spot that I can't pronounce that's been 
that's at the railway station that they're tearing down blah 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 thingy. <laughs> sure. That, that iconic one. Okay. Not uh, too sure. We, we visited two years ago, right right before COVID. Oh. Um, yeah, love that. Love that. Um, Red City, Munich, or Munich in general, worth a trip. Um, for sure, some of the best spots. Um, I was training in Australia, actually, when I was down there. Um, special honorable mention for point A that has closed. Mm. Unfortunately, they got through COVID and everything, and then the landlord threw them out anyway. Dang. But that, that's uh. just been my favorite place to come in and hang out. Like, that's not, not an outside squad that was located in Adelaide. I love Melbourne community. Cool. Um, when were you there? Um, shout out for that. Um, 2018 to 19, probably. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. 18 to 19. Wow. Yeah. Um, probably have to say London, even though I have to confess, I haven't been yet. Ah, <laughs> good. Never made yeah. it. It's so close, and I have never made it. You um, will. I really want to go Paris because those are iconic spots I didn't get to see yet, which is weird but the truth yeah you will i'm sure with your enthusiasm i'm sure you'll see those places yeah i really want to look at manpower and and know if i can do it i really (laughs) i'd really like to do it but i'm like yeah yeah, i'm already getting older yeah that's for sure that was the big one when i started to around around yeah years and years ago um i would like to go there i know i probably would not do it but i would really like to see that in person too <laughs> um keep on doing those uh I, I know i know people who stood up there and they like some of my friends told me they've been up there and they were like oh i'm sure you could do it and i'm like you're sure like what you're sure so i like to <laughs> have a look at me yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, Tom, you want to do the last one? For the uh, the finale? <laughs> <laughs> the sage advice. Uh, this, will, this will be really good. It's for coming from someone who gives a lot of advice and posts and everything. Mm. Your one piece of advice to give uh, <laughs> someone getting into parkour, what would it be? Just one piece of advice, somebody getting into parkour. Well, I guess we could even do it if you have something that comes to mind for people who've been maybe doing parkour for a while. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want this to be very meaningful. So <laughs> I think, think quite a bit. I'm like, oh, it would be cool. Yeah. It would be cool to set something like really, really meaningful. Oh. Really thought <laughs> out. I'm like. Like what I actually think is just enjoy what you're doing, like and keep up the spirit that you had when you got into it. Because it's a weird sport and it's a weird thing to do. Like jumping on walls and rails is a weird passion to have, and it looks ridiculous from the outside. But if you're weird enough to get into it, 
enjoy it because it's fucking sick and we'll get yeah. you places you never imagined. And I feel it, it will do things for you that other sports, other disciplines, or other things probably couldn't do in that way. So if you're weird enough to do parkour, welcome and enjoy your ride. It's oh. sick. <laughs> You're after my heart, aren't you? I, I can tell because that's the way I speak around people. Good for you. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. I hope, I hope it doesn't sound too cringe when you play it back and you're like, oh, not that. at all. Like, no. I want to no. be philosophical at piece of advice. No. <laughs> you know what? You should turn, you should change your, your name to like um, Robin the Parkour Philosopher. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, he doesn't like it. Message, he called me a parkour messiah, and I went. No, no. I went, I'm not. What? And he went. I need to revise. You're the the parkour messiah, and I went. I don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. What a compliment. And like you're so humble, just to brush it off. Like no, no. <laughs> That's why we have people like know. you. No, no, I don't. I don't want big fancy. I don't want big fancy titles. I don't want people to look up at me and go like, oh, he knows it. Because I remember there was somebody telling me like, oh, you should change your name to The Parkour Coach on Instagram. Apparently that handle is still free. Go get it if you want. Because I'm never going to claim to be The That's Parkour awesome. Coach. The Parkour Coach. Just a coach. That's what I'll title this, uh, this episode. Just uh, The Parkour Messiah. Messiah. No name. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll get that one though. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? You sound like part of our community, everyone's community, parkour community. When you say like, you know, I don't want that, blah blah blah. I, everyone we talk to doesn't have this ego. Like they're just like, no, no, I don't want that. I just want, I just want to help. I just want to blah blah blah. And it's just so nice because everyone's like, no, I'm not giving you away my secret. Mm-mm. No, like I did, I had to work five years to learn that. Now you have to work five years to learn that. No, that's not like our community at all. And that's what I love about it. So I'm glad it's reaching like from you to us and us to you. It's all the same. It's great. Yeah, I have to say, there's one thing I have to say about this. I remember there were people there like, oh, you need to figure this out on your, like on your own. Like you need to go through the experiences. Uh, I, I said that earlier as well. I'm like, you need to kind of make your own experience. And I stand by what I said. But I also feel if people need the same amount of time to learn something as you did, you're a bad coach. Yeah. Like, you're completely useless. If you can't facilitate somebody else's process, you should quit. And if, if you do that, I think it's very arrogant as well. Because, again, apparently you're not in it for the sport and the progression of the sport. It's my perspective on it, but apparently, like you're keeping it. So, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you help somebody else? Exactly. Why? Why? Like, yeah. They can, like... they can then get their discipline and their own problem and work it with you and still like get something out of that. But there's no, yeah, That's no true. need to keep your secret. Like, uh, yeah. Should always be the goal, right? Have your, the student has to become the master at some point, right? <laughs> you got to make them better than yeah, you are. Yeah, get them to your level at least. Yeah. Like... I love that feeling. 
when you can teach a student which you know and they get it in that session and it's like you get this self-gratifying thing it's like yes like now that kid's gonna throw that down in a line you know what i mean it's gonna look so sick next time i see them you know what i mean yeah, yeah. really cool yeah well i guess on that note i guess we'll uh give you the rest of your evening robin thanks again for coming on the program um we really appreciate you um we played this we all, we played this awesome tag for a while and um <laughs> no it's it's fine because i realize it's summer and you know you know i'm guilty of it too like i am not on my device as much as i think i am in summer you know what kind of thing so um oh, yeah. thank you for being patient and coming on the podcast i really appreciate your time yeah thanks yeah thanks for having me if um, people want to follow you, if they're not already, what's uh, the best place for them to find your stuff? Uh, on Instagram, my handle is RobinTheCoach. And yeah, um, slide into those DMs if there's anything you need to say or, or <laughs> ask. I could imagine I've said some things people want to follow up on. It happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe you'll... you'll find a thing or two you find interesting um i'd love that and if you don't enjoy your day <laughs> Wicked. all right i'll include a link to robin's uh, instagram in the show notes so yes they'll be below anyone listening can check that out uh i guess so that's it that's it for today we'll say bye <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Cubecast. Thanks, Robin. Hi, everyone. Thank you.